the Jets make their season debut tonight as Aaron Rodgers plays his first game in green and white. We'll talk about it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, September 11th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to this show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Today's episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, this is September 11th, so the tragedy which took place in New York, Washington, D.C., and Pennsylvania 22 years ago today is never far from our minds. But the Jets do open the 2023 season tonight against the Buffalo Bills. It will be Aaron Rodgers' Jets debut. I guess, you know, I talked about it in the preseason that game against he played against the Giants as his unofficial debut this is when it begins for real this is the first time the Jets will be taking the field in a meaningful game finally it's happening uh, you know the Jets Jets fans had to wait longer than everybody else that's outside of Buffalo fans to see their team on the field this weekend because it, this is the final game of week one there is no double header this year in years past it, they kind of got rid of this tradition a few years ago I think but in the past they actually played a Monday night double header so the first game which is typically an Eastern game got started a little bit earlier and then there was a west coast game they kind of got rid of that so this is the normal monday night football start time 8 15 p.m eastern time and it's been a long off season of anticipation it's been a long off season of waiting first we had to wait for what aaron Rodgers' decision would be whether he'd retire whether he'd return to green bay whether he'd pick another team or whether he'd pick the jets and of course that famous pat mcafee show interview he decided to join the new york jets then we had to wait like a month, over a month, maybe like a month and a half for the actual trade to go through. And then there was a lot of waiting through the offseason, through training camp, through the exhibition season. Finally, Aaron Rodgers takes the field in one of the most anticipated debuts, maybe the most anticipated debut in franchise history. Jets fans will be able to watch a Hall of Fame quarterback at work tonight. It'll be a first chance to get a sense of how quickly things have clicked for this offense. Now, you've heard all the good reports out of training camp. You saw a pretty solid drive in the preseason and a really nice connection from Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. If you listen to my show after that game, I talked about how impressive that was because Rodgers essentially post-game reports have suggested Connor McGovern helped him out with this, but Rodgers essentially checked out of a run play and the rest of the guys ran the run play, but he and Garrett Wilson decided to adjust the play to a passing play and Rodgers put a perfect pass right on Garrett Wilson showing pretty good chemistry, but that's one pass. And we're going to see how quickly this offense comes together. Lots of new pieces on offense. There are a couple of things that you have to watch for chemistry-wise. And number one is how Aaron Rodgers meshes with these receivers. And for his part, I think that one thing that will make it easier, and there are pros and cons to some of the guys that they've signed, but having of your top three receivers, two of them are guys he played with for a long time in Green Bay, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. And the number one receiver, Garrett Wilson, again, the reports are, and we'll see how things play out, but 
all indications are things are off to a pretty good start there. Now, of course, there could take some time to adjust. And I think another thing that really helps Rodgers out is that he's running a playbook that he knows very well, Nathaniel Hackett's playbook. He worked with Hackett for many years in Green Bay, and the two of them developed their own great chemistry. Hackett knows what Rodgers likes, and Hackett gives Rodgers a lot of freedom. And I've said this frequently. When you have a quarterback the stature of Rodgers, your offensive coordinator is far less important than it would be with a younger quarterback like a Zach Wilson under center because a great quarterback is somebody you're going to delegate to. This is Aaron Rodgers' offense, and it should be Aaron Rodgers' offense. There's a trust level with this coaching staff, or at least there should be a trust level, and there is, that is higher than it would be with another quarterback because the quarterback knows better than the coaching staff what, what he sees on the field. And if you're in the wrong play, when you have a veteran quarterback, it's his job to get you into the right play. Because you as a coaching staff, you know, you play tendencies, you try and create matchups, but sometimes you're, you're kind of taking educated guesses at what the defense is going to do. And the good coordinators are able to stay a step ahead of the defense, but it doesn't work 100% of the time. And when you have a younger quarterback, that's where an offense kind of stalls a bit. When you have an older quarterback, a veteran quarterback, a guy with Aaron Rodgers' brain power, you trust him to get you into the right play. If you're in the wrong play, he's going to get you into the right play. And it's going to be a question of how quickly things mesh on offense. And there's a lot here, though, because you're talking about the system, because two of his top three receivers are familiar targets. I think that there probably will be less of a growing learning curve than there would be with other quarterbacks. You know, Brett Favre, the Jets traded for him uh, back in 2008. They traded from like right before the first preseason game of the year. So he did not have a full training camp. He was learning a completely new system. He was learning Brian Schottenheimer's offense. And there was a game early that season, I think it was week three in San Diego. It was actually a Monday night game, which is part of the reason this comes to mind where, I mean, a receiver was cutting in and Favre was throwing the ball like the receiver was going to run down the field. I mean, he threw some ridiculous. And if you go, I'm sure this game is on YouTube. I mean, if you maybe you don't want to get, get into this mindset, watch a bad Jets loss right before opening day. But if you go back, I'm sure that there are highlights of the game on YouTube. That some of the interceptions that were thrown were unbelievable just because Favre did not know the offense. And the Jets are not going to run into those same issues with Rodgers. And the, there is another question mark as far as chemistry goes, and that's the offensive line. And that's just because you guys did not play together at all. Dwayne Brown spent most of the preseason on the physically unable to perform list. Makai Becton worked much of the preseason with the second and third team offense. So the question is, how quickly will this line come together? And I think one thing that will benefit them is that while Brown did not play much at all, in fact, he didn't play a preseason snap, he does have experience playing next to Lagan Tomlinson. So the guy, it's really more about the guy next to you than anything else. And the only guy next to Brown, because he starts on the outside, is Lagan Tomlinson, the guy who played with you know three quarters of last season. So at least there's a little bit of chemistry there. With Becton, he's next to Elijah Vera Tucker. The two of them actually have had a couple training camps together, but it was on the left side of the line. So there might be a little bit of an adjustment period there. Uh, but it will be interesting to see on a line that hasn't worked together at all in training camp or the preseason. How quickly will they mesh? How quickly will they be able to identify stunts? How will they be able to pass off guys who blitz? That's an open question. It's one of the questions. I think the offensive line is maybe the question mark for the Jets this season. If the Jets offensive line plays well. And the thing is, like, you can build a credible case for all five of these players to play well. So there's clearly a path to success for this offensive line. If this offensive line plays well this year, the sky's the limit. Because if they keep Aaron Rodgers clean, Aaron Rodgers can do great things. And you have a great defense there uh, on, on, on this team. So there's a lot riding on this offensive line. If the offensive line struggles, I mean, that's the one way I could see the season going sideways. That's like the only, you know, I, you talk about the different paths and there are things that we don't know. There are things that you, you're not sure which direction these things are going to go in. 
Now, of course, the injuries can change things, but if everybody stays healthy, the only way I can see this season going sideways, I mean, I think the defense is going to be really good. I think Rogers is going to be really good. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be really good. You have a good backfield of Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. You know, I think Brees hopefully will get healthier as the season goes along and get back to his dynamic self late in the season. Really, the only thing that I think outside of, you know, something bizarre or injuries that could send the season to a disappointment is the offensive line not producing. So we'll get a first look at the offensive line to see how quickly they've gelled. And, you know, some, some, you know, it's not just about chemistry. I mean, Lincoln Tomlins has got to have a bounce back season. I don't think his season was very good last year. Now, he got better as the year went on, but I thought Lincoln Tomlinson kind of had a disappointing year last year. So that's another thing to watch in this game, how he performs. But it'll be a first look to see how this offense looks with all the new pieces and all the guys who need to develop chemistry. I think in a, a unit that has a lot of great chemistry is the Jets' defense. And the way they perform tonight against Josh Allen will go a long way towards determining whether the Jets start this season 1-0 or 0-1. And we'll talk about that continuing this Monday edition of Locked On Jets. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. You know, these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you'll want to make 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's not always the case, like the Jets had this offseason, where a Hall of Fame quarterback was available. The Aaron Rodgerses of the world don't come along very often. And if your business is lucky enough to hire an Aaron Rodgers, a guy you know is going to be great going in, life is easy. But life's not always that easy. LinkedIn Jobs helps make it easier. You post a job, then you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. You can subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you get new episodes as soon as they're posted. Jets and Bills play tonight. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, lots of Jets fans are kind of scrambling right now because there's a dispute between Disney, which is the company that owns ESPN, and the Charter Spectrum the cable company. So you have to check out streaming sources. NFL Plus is an, is an option. You can stream on your uh, tablet or device or computer. There are also some other options streaming-wise. You can go to my website, gamegreennation.com. I kind of spell out some of the options for you. I have a post up there how to watch the game if you're really interested a night game, and I'll do my best to get up uh, the Tuesday show as soon as soon after the game as possible. Now it's going to take some time to record. It's going to take some time to edit, but I think the Tuesday show will be up relatively early. I'll try and get it up before I go to bed, so that way, if you're up late and want to check out my analysis, or you know, you wake up tomorrow morning, it'll be there for you. Jets and Bills playing tonight. Now the Jets and Bills split two games last year, but I think in both games the Jets defense played really well, and they gave Josh Allen a lot of problems. The Jets won the battle up front in both games. And that helped them win the first game. I mean, it was that. It was some timely plays. It was maybe the one game James Robinson actually contributed at the running back position on that last drive where the Jets just dominated the, uh, by rushing the ball. I think the Jets completed like one pass the last drive that set up the, the game-winning score. But the Jets' defensive line took that game over. I mean, it was a great. there was a great Jermaine Johnson play in the open field against Josh Allen on a bootleg. Bryce Huff hit Josh Allen's arm, to, you know, which kind of sealed the game. Quinn and Williams played well. But even in the second game, Jets defense really held Buffalo down. And it was really the Jets offense 
that cost them the game. I mean, as good as the Jets' defense was in that game, and I thought it was pretty good, Buffalo's defense was better, and that was a Mike White game. That was the game he got injured, so like White was kind of playing hurt for part of it. It wasn't off to a great start anyway. Joe Flacco had to come in and really did not look very good as Joe Flacco. That was kind of like Joe Flacco's state last season. It was you know Joe Flacco who had a great career with the Baltimore Ravens, really didn't put it together with the Jets. It was kind of past his prime, but. I think I, I go into this game with confidence because I don't think there's a defense that that's gave Josh Allen problems the way the Jets defense did a year ago. And that a lot of this goes back to the defensive line where you just have outst- you just have good player after good player and the Jets just roll them in and out. I mean, the Jets, I think you could make an argument. The Jets roll six deep at the defensive end position when you've got Carl Lawson and you got uh, Jermaine Johnson and John Franklin Myers, Bryce Huff, Will McDonald. I mean, there's just guy after guy, even Michael Clemens, you could argue. And then at defensive tackle, it's not as great, but you do have the best player on the team in Quinn and Williams. So lots of pieces for the Jets, and they, they can also withstand an injury. So, you know, the Lawson's been dealing with some some stuff on his back. So if, you know, he's out or, you know, if he's compromised, the Jets have other guys they can send in there. And it's as much as anything, I think it's really important to keep Josh Allen contained on the ground. And I think one of the things that helps the Jets is that on the early downs, they're a big zone defense. And that means you're less susceptible to scrambles than you would be playing man to man. Because if you're playing man to man, you're chasing your other, you're chasing a guy around the field. So essentially, all the receivers can run defenders away from the play, and then there are plenty of running lanes for Josh Allen. Whereas in zone coverage, there's usually a guy whose zone is in the running lane, so there's going to be a guy there to stop it. Now, on later downs, the Jets will play more man to man, especially with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. And one of the key matchups to watch will be. Stephon Diggs versus both Gardner and Reed. I think, you know, in the early downs, the Jets typically just play their corners on one side or another. So the Bills, if they want to get, uh, they want to get Stephon Diggs away from Sauce Gardner, they should be able to do it. And, but he's going to the other side to DJ Reed. And that's one of the, I think DJ Reed is actually a really key player for the Jets on defense, especially this year, because word is spread across the NFL that Sauce Gardner is a shutdown corner. It's, it's happened in record time. You know, you don't win the rookie of the year as a corner unless one or two things are true. One is that you just have a lot of interceptions because typically that's how you get attention as a corner. You get a lot of interceptions. The only other way to get it, and Sauce Gardner, you know, it's not like he ended last season with zero interceptions, but he also didn't put up 10. The other way you get is that just word travels, travels along across the league very quickly that you can't throw on this guy. And that's the reputation Sauce Gardner got last year. And it happened almost immediately. It's actually really impressive because with Darrell Revis, it was actually like year four before teams stopped throwing at him. And that was actually after his 2009 season where he led the league in passes defense. So even in that great season, teams were still attacking him. And then I think once the, the year, a year later, once they realized we're not getting anything off this guy, that's when they stopped throwing at him. Sauce Gardner's already at a point where teams are avoiding him. And I would not be surprised to see the Bills try and get Stephon Diggs away from him. But he's going up against DJ Reed, who had what I thought was a Pro Bowl caliber season last year. Maybe he did not make it. And sometimes Pro Bowl caliber seasons don't end in the Pro Bowl. And sometimes the... Pro Bowl is determined by who has name recognition, guys who have a long reputation in the league. But DJ Reed is one of the best. He might be the best number two corner in the league. And, you know, there's some concern about the Jets' run defense. I don't think the run defense is going to be as good as the pass defense, but the run defense was not a weakness a year ago. There's this misnomer out there that the Jets' run defense was a weakness last year. It was fine. You've got good players. You've got Quinn and Williams up front, up the middle. Uh, CJ Mosley, you know, I think CJ Mosley's contract probably doesn't justify his play because he's not a great cover guy. CJ Mosley can still bring it against the run. So I think that the Jets still have the pieces to be a credible run defense. But in the NFL, shutting down the pass is more important than shutting down the run. 
that's just the way it is in this league. If I can only be good at shutting down the pass or shutting down the run, I'm choosing shutting down the pass every time. One of the things I've said frequently through the years here on this show, especially over the last two years, is that on defense, the two most important positions to be good at are defensive line and corner. And the Jets are really good at defensive line. I would even dare say they're great. At, Jets may have the best group of corners in the league. We've come a long way from the true main Johnson, Daryl Roberts uh, fiasco of 2019. Jets have a lot of good players at corner. So they should go into every game, at least knowing that this is not a mismatch. You know, there are going to be some teams they face with really good receivers like Stefan Diggs. And you can't go, you know, you're not going to go in and guarantee that Diggs is going to be shut down. I mean, even last year when the Jets did a really good job against Diggs for the most part, did have one deep catch early in the first meeting between these teams. You're not going to shut him down, but you know it's not going to be a mismatch. The way maybe it was two years ago when the Jets were putting Javelin Guidry up one-on-one against Diggs, and that you know that did not end well back in the home game in 2021. So the Jets' defense has all the tools it needs to do it again against Buffalo. It has all the tools it needs to shut down Josh Allen again, or at least make Josh Allen's life more of a headache than it is against your typical team. And if the Jets' defense plays its game tonight, I think you know good things will happen for it. Now, how much stock should we put into it, though? And as we close out this Monday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'm going to talk about how tonight's game matters, but it's not worth something, it's not worth overreacting to. And I'll explain that in a little bit more detail, continuing this Monday edition of Lockdown Jets. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Yes, NFL Sunday tickets now on YouTube and YouTube TV. You don't need a satellite dish anymore. And it doesn't really matter for Jets fans this week because it's a nationally televised game. So the Jets were not on Sunday ticket. But next weekend, the Jets head to Dallas. It's an afternoon game. So you may be in the market that sees the game, but you also want to get Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. And FanDuel can help you out. And by the way, the Jets are home underdogs in this game. Can you believe this? All the hype around the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Buffalo is actually favored in this game. So head over to FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, new customers get $5. I'm sorry, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. It's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on opening night. The Jets and Bills, the final two teams to kick off the 2023 NFL season at MetLife Stadium, 8.15 Eastern, 7.15 Central, 6.15 Mountain Time, 5.15 Pacific. I won't go to Alaska and Hawaii. You can figure out the time difference there. Big AFC East game. And I think every game in division is important because, first of all, it's a chance to not only register a win, it's a chance to give an opponent a loss. And the Bills, Miami's expected to be a really good team too this year. AFC East is going to be a tough division. But... The Jets and Bills right now, I think, are viewed as kind of the two top teams in this division. And a chance to not only get a win, but to give your opponent a loss, that's a big deal. It's also a big deal because the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. So if the Jets and Bills end up tied at the end of the season, winning the division matters because it guarantees you at least one home game in the playoffs. Whereas if you don't win the division, odds are you're playing all your games on the road. So a chance to get an early victory head-to-head, which will matter. Of course, these teams will play later in the season. So whoever loses has a chance to rebound. So I don't think you could look at this and say this game's insignificant. In fact, as we've talked about many times on the show, you every day is maybe sick of hearing it. The Jets schedule, at least on paper right now, looks much tougher in the early stages than the, the later stages. So if the Jets can bank a win early, if the Jets get off to a good start here, if the Jets look like they have chemistry on offense and get rolling, 
this thing, you know, this they could set themselves up for a big season. It's but the, these first couple of games are really just about survival. And this is a week we're entering in the NFL, and most of the other teams have already entered it. It's called overreaction week because it's very easy to overreact to one game. So the game matters. Listen, it's a win or a loss. At the end of the season, all wins and all losses count equally. But people tend to overreact a little bit more this week than they do typical weeks. And NFL fans are prone to overreaction anyway. But I think part of it's just we've been waiting for so long. I mean, it's been a nine-month wait or eight-month wait for the good teams that made that had deep playoff runs last year. But we've been waiting so long. So the first time you get any source of information, you tend to overanalyze. And this happens a lot. I mean, that happens during the offseason. You get reports from, like, who's playing well at OTAs. Then Do you think that really matters? No. But there's not, no, nothing else going on. So you just you just take every piece of new information because you're just looking for any sort of insight on your team and you overreact to it. Same goes with training camp. Same goes with the, with the preseason games. It's just the way NFL fans react, but the regular season games take it up a notch because these games count for real. Now you look at what happened last night at MetLife stadium, Jets and giants. Interesting. I, I don't, I'm not sure this has ever happened before where both New York teams are hosting primetime games. Week one, it shows you the expectations for the NFL in New York this season. Big expectations for both teams. Giants with a playoff run last year, making the final eight, making the divisional round. And the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, big expectations. Well, what happened last night? Dallas went out and beat the Giants 40 to nothing. Now, does that mean Dallas is going to the Super Bowl? No. Does it mean the Giants are going to be terrible this year? No. Of course, it's possible Dallas is on its way to a big season. And of course, it's possible the Giants are going to disappoint. But one game is not enough to tell you that. Because one game, you know, anything can happen in one game. You see it every year in the NFL where a really bad team will upset a really good team at some point in the season. People say, how did that happen? And it's almost like you've been watching the NFL for years, in some cases, decades, and you still haven't figured out that good teams can beat good teams can lose to bad teams. How many times do you have to see the same thing to realize that this is possible in this league? And I think there's, you know, there's always like one or two games a year where nothing goes wrong for you, where you look like you're firing on all cylinders. And there's one or two games a year for each team where nothing goes right. And you just can't get anything going. And for some teams, that happens week one. And you also have to factor in quality of opponent. Is Jordan Love now a franchise quarterback in Green Bay after a really good performance yesterday? Well, it's possible. I mean, I, you know, I think the Packers, part of the reason they probably were comfortable trading Aaron Rodgers is they had confidence in Jordan Love. But does one game against the Bears make you a franchise quarterback? No. Is that going to stop Green Bay fans this week from thinking Jordan Love is officially the answer that he is now a proven commodity? Of course they're going to do it. And I think you have to find the balance because, again, this game counts. So I can't say this game's insignificant. I can't say if the Jets win that you, know, you shouldn't be excited. I can't say if they lose that you shouldn't be disappointed. But you also have to remember that it's a very long season. There will be ebbs and flows. There will be peaks and valleys. A win in this game will have people talking Super Bowl. And the Jets have a roster that's good enough that it's fair, but it doesn't mean they're guaranteed to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I've seen Jets seasons where they've played great week one that had gone on to have a bad season. In fact, the last time they opened on Monday night, it was Sam Darnold's rookie year 2018. And you know, Darnold threw a pick six on his first NFL pass, but came back and played great the rest of the game. And the Jets crushed the Detroit Lions. Went on to have a really bad season, and the coach got fired. Todd Bowles got fired after that season. And then on the other side, the Jets have played some miserable openers. Um, there was a Monday night game in 2010 against Baltimore where they lost, I think it was 10-9 to or 10-6. to the offense, the defense actually played well, but the offense looked miserable. And, you know, it was kind of a warning sign for Mark Sanchez of what was to come with him. But Jets went to the AFC Championship game that year after, you know, they couldn't have looked worse, at least on the offensive side of the ball, in the opener. So 
one game only matters so much. You know, does one game in October mean that you're on your way to glory or pain? Not necessarily. Does one game in November guarantee any of this? No. But we act like one game in September guarantees everything. So don't overreact. I think it's fair to react. I mean, look, it's been a long time. This is the first game that's counted since the Jets left the field week 18 and a loss to Miami that helped the Dolphins clinch a playoff spot. But it's not the end of the world if they lose. It's not necessarily a sign that they're going to the Super Bowl if they win. Of course, both these things are possible, though. That doesn't, you know, and that's the point is that you don't want to overreact either way. You don't want to act like these games mean nothing. You don't want to act like these games mean everything. So just a little warning that I try and do each year around this time. Keep this game in perspective. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. We get new episodes as they're posted immediately. Uh, if you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, or please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy the game. I'll be back. Probably post the recap episode shortly after the game, you know, probably at some point early Tuesday morning for you. Until then, take care.